You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Onyx Maps. Now, if you're not familiar with Onyx, it is an app that goes onto your phone and it allows you to track your movements. It allows you to leave waypoints on a digital map. And basically, it allows you to identify things like scrapes and deer bedding areas and deer movement and tree stand locations and trail camera locations. It is a tool that I use every single day. Uh, It helps me get to my tree stands in the dark. It helps me uh, navigate uh, the terrain via topographic maps, via satellite imagery, and a hybrid of both of those. If you want to find out more about how Onyx can help you, visit onyxmaps.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. My name is Dan Johnson, and today we are going to throw a really quick podcast at you uh, because right now in Iowa, it is the whitetail rut, and uh, I'm hunting it. I know a lot of my friends are hunting it. Hopefully, you're hunting it, and it's one of the greatest times in the year to uh, get out and enjoy the Iowa landscape. It's a little cold right now, but I'm telling you, that gets the deer on their feet. It gets them moving, and that's what I want to talk to you today about. Um, We are going to chat about the rut, and it's going to be just me on here today. And I want to focus on a, uh, a couple quick and easy reminders, rut reminders, basically. Uh, it's things that if you are uh, new or even experienced bow hunter this time of year, this is something that we can really lean back on uh, if we're having a hard time locating uh, maybe a deer or a buck or whatever your goal is uh, this rut. So uh, I'm just going to... Qu- no foreplay. We're going to get right into it. Uh, but before we do, I, we got to do a little commercial. And it's Bondurant Custom Furniture. If you guys haven't had the opportunity to go check out their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com, these guys are making a lot of really cool uh, furniture. Uh, and you need to go check it out. Go to their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com. Uh, if you like what you see, then you can give them a call or stop by their uh, their showroom in Bondurant, Iowa, and uh, you know take a look. Now, it's the rut, right? And uh, today I'm recording this on the seventh. I'm not sure if you're going to listen to this on the seventh or the eighth, but it's uh, it's getting to the point now where there should be a lot of deer movement. However, uh, if you're like me, you don't. You, you're not seeing a lot of movement. Um, I do have one mature buck on trail camera. I saw one mature buck from the stand two or three nights ago. So I am, I'm in a, a spot now where I need to start finding something to shoot. And my goal is a mature buck, four year old or older. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm 
going to hold true to that. I've already passed a couple really good three-year-olds this year uh, because I know that the area that uh, I hunt can produce a four-year-old fairly consistently. So I just have to put in the time and go locate him. And that can be difficult this time of year. So what happens if you cannot locate a, uh, a buck? Let's just start with a buck. Well, this time of year, if you can't find a buck, you should go try to find a doe. Um, one of my favorite tactics this time of year is hunting doe bedding areas or places that does really like to hang out. And that can be in a staging area. That could be an ag field, uh, towards the end of the day. Uh, that could be a transition area leading back to a bedding area for, let's say like a morning hunt. So, uh, example this morning I hunted a, a known doe bedding area. Uh, typically, there are a lot of does that pile in there, and I hunted on the downwind side. So typically, what these bucks like to do is they will creep through these bedding areas on the downwind side and scent check it, and their their goal is to try to find a hot doe and then go into the bedding area and, uh, you know, try to, try to breed one. Well, hunting down doesn't necessarily that there uh that there needs to be a doe any does in this bedding area uh, but it sure does help Uh, so get downwind of a bedding area and hopefully um you have good access right you're not going to be walking through the bedding area to get to your stand location uh, someplace that's uh not very invasive to get to your tree stand location and uh just know that wherever the wind is blowing your scent is also blowing so if you feel the deer are going to come from let's say the east well you don't want your wind blowing to the east Uh, just make sure that you're minding your wind uh, on your access routes and uh then it should be pretty easy going from there. Now, the next thing I like to do, me personally, is I like to hunt staging areas. These are areas that uh, are typically inside from a, a main food source, and it's something like, oh, I always I always guess them to be somewhere around 20, uh, they can be 20 to 100 yards inside of a an ag field. Uh, they're typically a little thicker. They may have some oak trees. There might be a, a terrain feature in there to get them to slow down where they can just hang out for a minute before they go and expose themselves into a big ag field. Now, um, I, I like to go in there for not only afternoon hunts, but for morning hunts as as well. Again, depending on the access route that I need to take to get in there. If I want to hunt a a staging area in the morning, I'm not going to access that staging area through the ag field because I don't want to blow all the deer back in the timber and then the deer are already ahead of you. Right, So I like to come in from the timber or from a good access route, maybe a creek or a big ridge where I don't walk the ridge. I just drop straight off of it and then go back up to the next ridge and uh, hit the staging area. And the goal is uh, that could that's also kind of a a staging area or a, a transition area as well to where you can catch them coming from a food source in the mornings or going to a food source in the afternoon. Now, one thing that I've noticed over the years is that these staging areas have a lot of sign in them, um, maybe old rubs, 
they can have scrapes in them, uh, even new scrapes. And, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite places, uh, to hunt. Uh, the next, uh, location that I really want to talk about is something called a pinch point. Now this is any terrain feature or a man-made feature like a pond levee or a, a, a big fence through a cattle pasture corner. And one of my personal favorite pinch points to hunt on the farm that I hunt is where a cattle pasture with, oh, I'd say a, a, a chest high fence. It's fairly, uh, fairly tall. It's like um, four strands high and it goes into the timber. Well, on the opposite side of the, of the fence post, right? We're, we're using that as the corner. There is a steep cliff that runs into a crick. So the deer aren't going up and down that cliff. Uh, they're just walking through between the pasture and this, uh, this cliff that drops off into the, uh, into the, the crick below. Now, what's good about this is this bottlenecks travel deer movement into a general location. Now it can be as small as 20 yards, 30 yards, or it can be as big as, you know, several hundred yards. So if it's a big pinch point, then what you're going to have to do is identify the spot within the spot and you're going to have to see where the deer uh you know where the deer uh, like to travel now i know that on this particular one uh, high ground is to the south and low ground the creek is to the north so i hunt that on a south wind where all my wind blows over top of my head and it goes into the crick system below and typically uh, that allows the my scent cone to stay high and my uh, my scent to just go over top of them if they do work their way below me uh, access is from the south so it is a little bit risky getting into that particular stand location but uh, once I'm in the tree uh, and they walk through you know unless my feet or boots stink to high heaven um and they they catch my trail uh, typically they just walk straight on by and uh you know it's a it's a stand that can be really good for an all-day sit if you're the type of person who likes to do all-day sits i'm not that kind of guy i like to get down and move and check trail cameras and come back and uh, have a bite to eat or whatever so uh so we've talked about uh bedding areas we've talked about staging areas we've talked about these pinch points which uh, are for the most part a travel corridor right where you could catch deer coming back and forth and back and forth all day long so uh, keep an eye out for that Uh, the next thing is if you are having trouble uh, locating deer and it's been let's say several days since or several hunts since you've seen a deer or seen a buck and you you're really not sure what to do I don't see a problem with going out and doing a little in-season scouting. Uh, The worst thing that you could do is bump a deer and at least you know where they're at. So then you can move a tree stand into there if you you are mobile or if uh, you you see something that you like. Maybe it's a terrain feature that uh, when you scouted in the summertime you didn't notice it or some sign that you didn't notice uh, during when all the leaves were on the tree. So it allows you to 
Just know what is happening right now. And then one of the last things I really want to talk about really quick is an observation sit. This is something that I'm going to do tonight, actually. And it is when you go and you find a location, high ground. Uh, For me tonight, I'm going to be going into a big valley. And I'm going to be setting up on a ridge where I can see a really long ways. And the, the point of this is to try to identify where the deer are funneling in and out. Maybe a particular buck stands up out of a, out of a, a little terrain feature where he, where he was bedding or, um, you know, just looking for concentrated deer movement. And then the next hunt will be me moving in to that area and, uh, basically going in for the kill at that point so don't be afraid if you're not seeing deer to start over and get up somewhere high from with a good vantage point that that you can see a long ways or maybe this is where i would hunt a field edge and just try to see where at maybe last light or wherever they're coming out of the timber and then i would move in the next hunt right where they're coming out of the timber Uh, and again you got to make sure you're understanding where your wind is blowing where they're coming from and you don't want those necessarily to cross right we we don't want your scent to blow into the uh the the nose of the deer (laughs) that's it's it's pretty simple but it can be pretty challenging sometimes because terrain features can alter that sometimes you'll have shifting winds sometimes when a storm front Uh, comes through or a cold front comes through like it did uh, the other day the winds can be really gnarly in there and they can swirl around so just be as observant as possible and that's really what I want to end on today is be observant every time you walk into the woods try to take something away like look on the ground for tracks look uh, for scrapes or rubs, uh, you know, look for deer movement a long ways, look for it real close to you. Um, what, what are your trail cameras telling you? If, uh, if you have trail cameras, this is the time of year where I am checking trail cameras every time I walk by them, uh, or I'm even going out of my way. Like tonight, I think I'm, I'm going to go, uh, on this observation sit and I'm going to check a trail camera while I'm in there. And it's just, taking away a little bit of something every time and you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together so hopefully that when this big old Iowa buck walks by uh, you can shoot him and the last thing and this is what I feel is the most important thing every time before you go out and hunt this bow season whether you're shooting a bow or you're shooting a crossbow or you know, whatever your weapon is, really, you should be shooting that before every single hunt. Me, it is a routine of mine that, uh, let's see, I'm recording this uh, on uh, a midday break. Before I go out for my afternoon hunt, I'm going to shoot my bow multiple times just to make sure it's on and sighted in and uh, I didn't bump it, you know, pulling it up the tree, setting it down, walking through the uh, the the grass and the thorns and knocking my sight so uh you know just make sure your weapon is on point because i would hate for you guys to lose uh, an opportunity because uh, you forgot to shoot your bow so hopefully this really quick podcast gay i know i know that me i need friendly reminders all the time 
right? I'm a, I'm not a, I want, I'm a seasoned bow hunter. I've been doing this for several years now, but it's always good to hear little things like this that remind us all what we need to be doing, uh, this time of year. If, uh, if we're having trouble trying to kill something. So good luck, everybody. Hopefully your, your rut ends with a, a big boy on the ground or, you know, your first deer or a freezer full of meat. Uh, good luck, everybody. And uh, if you're going to be in a tree, we have to make sure that we're wearing our safety harnesses and being safe because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Good luck. <laughs>